0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Cavenade for July the 25th. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. I hope you are all doing very well. And for those that don't know what this podcast slash video actually is, this is a daily gaming news morning show in which I bring you all of the hottest gaming news of the day right here in one little concise, finely tuned package, if you will. And I put it out there on iTunes, Spotify, it's live on YouTube, and it's also available in VOD format if you did want to check that out. But there are a lot of options as to how you can check out the show however before we jump into the gaming news of the day i do have a couple of announcements now the first one is that there is not going to be any kind of caffeinated next week now i know that's going to be a big disappointment to many of you but when it comes down to it i need a break and we're going on vacation so i'm going to be taking a week off we're going down to the coast and i'm going to be enjoying that time away from the keyboard as the kids say uh, now, that is not to say I will not be tweeting. Uh, if you want to keep up with all of the news that I care about, then you can follow me on Twitter again, at Pretty Guy. I'll throw that graphic back up there for you guys to follow me if you did want to do that. But, of course, I'll be talking about all of the hottest gaming news, as I tend to do. Uh, but there will not be an actual show next week. Now, the week after that, we're going to be hitting it hard, going back right where we used to be before the vacation. But I'm incredibly excited about it, and I have been working very hard to make Caffeinate the best show that can possibly be ever since I launched it in the middle of March, uh, where I had an idea one day. And then I thought, hey, let's do that. So that's pretty much the uh, thing that's going on with that. Uh, now, aside from that, I think that's um, yeah, that's pretty much all the housekeeping we've got. So what gaming news stories are we going to be talking about today? First off, Epic Games is worth $8 billion following Fortnite's success. Fortnite itself is bringing in $2 million on mobile. On the mobile version of the game, $2 million. No Man's Sky has a higher concurrent player count right now than it has in a very long time. If Anthem doesn't succeed, it will not be the end of Bioware, thinks ex-studio designer. Hasbro CEO says that Dungeons & Dragons is having its best year ever. Shadow of the Tomb Raider has gone gold. Guacamole 2 has a release date. Realm Royale is coming to the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. And the bread bin returns. The Commodore 64 Mini is headed to the United States. And those are the stories of the day so without further ado let's go ahead and jump into story number one which is coming to us from gamesindustry.biz a growing favorite of mine when it comes to gaming news which says epic games is worth eight billion dollars following fortnite success uh, excuse me battle royale boost also means the ceo and founder tim sweeney is now a billionaire Let that sink in. Because of Fortnite, the dude is now a billionaire. Congratulations. Fortnite is taking Epic Games to new heights with a recent valuation revealing the company is worth up to $8 billion. The figure comes from Bloomberg's analysis of the gaming phenomenon with the site's billionaire's index explaining... Excuse me placing Epic's value between 5 billion and 8 billion. Of course, this is based on all of the firm's business including the Unreal Engine, but with Fortnite on course to generate 2 billion dollars this year, it's safe to say that the battle royale game is a major factor. It's a significant jump from the 285, excuse me, 825 million Epic was valued at when Tencent purchased its 40% stake back in 2012. The report suggests that based on the trading multiples of major publishers such as Electronic Arts and Activision Blizzard, Epic Games could be worth as much as 14 billion dollars if it were put up for sale. One analyst added that even if Fortnite lost momentum only generating $1 billion per year, Epic could still be sold for $7.5 billion. Bloomberg adds that the growth of both Fortnite and Epic Games has made CEO and founder Tim Sweeney, the controlling shareholder, a billionaire. The success of Fortnite itself has been well documented. Most recently, the revaluation that daily mobile revenues reached $2 million and that since launch, the Battle Royale game has generated more than $1 billion from in-app purchases alone, but it's interesting to see the overall impact on its developer. Earlier this month, we saw a good indication of how much Epic is benefiting from the growth of Fortnite as it reduced its cut from sales made through the Unreal Engine marketplace. Not only has it dropped its share of each purchase from 30% to 12%, it has also applied this retroactively, meaning a welcome windfall for any developers using the platform. So, this entire story right here pretty much says that the company is now worth $8 billion or more, uh, depending on when you want to look at it. On top of that, Tim Sweeney is now a billionaire, and the people that use the Unreal Engine are surprisingly doing very well, because they're going back and they're seeing that, hey, these people have been using the platform for a while now, so let's go ahead and give them some cash. It's actually a pretty awesome little thing. So, that is a pretty exciting Exciting story to be told. Congratulations. I have nothing else to say about this. Epic Games is absolutely killing it when it comes to Fortnite and with the success that they're having. Uh, now, what is kind of shocking to me. Is that they haven't pursued any other kinds of business ventures as of yet. No other games are really on the horizon that I know of coming from Epic. Of course, they canceled Paragon. They took that thing down completely and then put the assets out there for free. Uh, there are a lot of little, you know, bells and whistles here that are going under the rug, but I would love to see more from Epic Games. However, why would they develop anything new right now? Because you do have so much success with Fortnite. If you have something that is good, you might as well continue pursuing that option so i understand but i just wish there was more coming down the pipe but of course fortnite is getting weekly updates there are new guns dropping there was a new smg added yesterday it looks fantastic i played with it a little bit uh but again the happy birthday song that they put out for the game's first anniversary is really turning me off from the game overall it makes me feel like i'm eight years old which as i said on twitter is the demographic that this game is focused on so i shouldn't be disappointed in that now should i I should probably play something that's a little bit more adult. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Fortnite's fantastic, and congratulations to those guys. But, continuing on to the next story... Fortnite's daily mobile revenue reaches $2 million. The launch of Season 5 set a new record of $3 million in revenue in a single day. Fortnite's daily revenue on mobile reached a new all-time high on July the 13th, when players spent roughly $3 million in a single day. This beat out the previous record of $1.9 million, which coincided with the launch of Season 4 on May the 1st. Between its March 15th launch on mobile and the close of Season 4 on July 11th, the player's spend was roughly $1.2 million per, according to Sensor Tower Store Intelligence. Since 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 the launch of Season 5 on July 13th, however, daily spend has climbed to $2 million. This represents a 12% increase on the previous 10 days and a 19% increase on the daily average spend during that same time period. Currently, Fortnite Mobile is only available on iOS. Despite this, it succeeded in earning $100 million within its first 90 days and continues to outpace PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, which has nearly twice as many downloads in terms of revenue. Because no one cares about cosmetics in PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. It's sad, but true. Sorry. It is what it is. But again, $2 million a day is not something you shake a stick at. That is a lot of cash. That's more than I'll probably make in the next 10 years or more. (sighs) Uh, No, but it's fine. Uh, It's good to see that Fortnite's doing well. And again, they deserve it because the skins, the emotes, everything they're putting out is fantastic and high quality. And I'm very impressed uh, with everything that it's done so far. Of course, it's going to be even bigger when the game eventually launches on Android. That's going to be an amazing thing to see. Because if the game is making $2 million right now on iOS and it comes out on Android and they work with Crossplay and do all of that good stuff the daily spend is going to be absolutely phenomenal. I mean, if you even just double what's going on with iOS and you just put it with that, you're getting $4 million a day from an Android version and an iOS version, let alone what's going on on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC versions. So, essentially, this is just a never-ending flow of money that is absolutely beautiful for them. And, um, man, I wish I worked at Epic Games as some kind of PR or marketing staff. Please hire me, but no, it's fine. Uh, so, congratulations to those guys, and I think that... If I were to say anything else about this, I would say that hopefully this will kind of light a fire under PUBG Corp and say, hey, we need to make better things so people will give us more money. Because although it's not about the money, it's about the player enjoyment. Whenever player enjoyment is going up, so does money. So there you go. There's a little bit of incentive to go ahead and start making a better game. Oh. But. Congratulations to the guys at Epic Games because they're doing some amazing stuff. Moving on to the next story of the day, talking about a company making a comeback, No Man's Sky's concurrent Steam player count numbers are up nearly tenfold thanks to Next Update, which is actually an update by the name of Next for those that don't know. No Man's Sky has seen a massive surge of new and returning players following the launch of the big Next Update yesterday. You may remember that No Man's Sky famously had one of the biggest launch day player counts ever on Steam, certainly 2016's biggest, with nearly 213,000 players at 1%. Point. It wasn't long after that player base declined, sharply nosediving to a mere 2,123 players a little over one month after launch. But No Man's Sky is back in the news again thanks in large part to the game's massive next update, which added third-person gameplay, co-op multiplayer, unlimited base building, and a host of other new and requested features. Together with the currently active 50% off sale, the game's concurrent player numbers on Steam have seen a big jump. One day before next release, No Man's Sky had an average of 4,000 concurrent players, which can be seen here in this chart. However, yesterday, the game jumped to over 41,000 players at its highest peak since the launch disaster. The game has been steadily gaining players, too, with a nearly 118th percent gross rate in the last 30 days. While the jump is big, it's still a far cry from the 200,000-plus the game saw at launch. All of these stats are available on Steam But you don't even need that to know. uh, Excuse me, that much data to know that No Man's Sky is popular again. A trip to Steam stats page shows that at the time of writing, the game is just two places shy from the top ten. With next release last night, No Man's Sky was comfortably in the top ten, a far cry from the sort of player activity has been seeing since the launch. Numbers jumped off a cliff in 2016, and it's also worth noting that at the time of this stream, the game is actually higher on Steam charts than Grand Theft Auto V, which is. Very impressive, if I do say so myself, but I'm glad to see that it's doing well, because really, truly, Hello Games put a lot of love and a lot of effort into this title, and although it sounds shitty to say, they could have just taken the money and run. They could have just taken everybody's cash, said, here's the game that we have for you. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And then they could have just bailed because they made a lot of money from this game. But no, Sean Murray and the team at No Man's Sky, and or excuse me, the team at Hello Games, worked diligently over the next two years after the launch disaster to not only regain fan trust, but also to make the game that was promised whenever there was a lot of marketing going on. And it's very respectable in my mind. Of course, I shouldn't have to say, wow, good job, guys, for sticking by your game and not being pieces of shit. However, here we are. So that's the kind of world we're living in. But really, I am very tempted to jump into No Man's Sky. But just checking out some gameplay, I'm not sure that even after all the updates, it's the game for me. Uh, it seems to me a bit grindy, a little bit uh, harvesty. I don't know how else to put it. You pretty much just pick up plants and you make things and you build bases and stuff like that. I'm sure that if I had people to play with, I'd probably have some fun. But as of right now, I'm probably going to forego that. But again, if you want to get it on PS4, there's a sale going on right now on both the PlayStation Store and at GameStop. Uh, you can generally get the game for between 20 and 25 bucks. I think right now it's 26.99, something along those lines, on the PlayStation Store. And then, of course, it is on the Xbox One now, but it's 50 bucks since it is a, quote, new release, if you will. And and then of course, there is a sale going on right now on Steam and also on Green Man Gaming as well. If you did want to get it through a third party, but you have a lot of options here. And if you did want to jump into No Man's Sky, I would say this is probably your best option to do so since launch day. And uh, it truly is the game that people kind of want, and the game that people have expected over the course of the past two years. So it's good to see that people are jumping back on. I know a ton of streamers have been playing it, and it's. Uh, it's pretty cool you know congratulations to the guys at hello games and i know they're doing weekly updates there's a brand new website for sharing gameplay and sharing screenshots stuff along those lines so all of that is well and good very exciting stuff and again best of luck with the rest of the updates that do roll out over the course of the next few months perhaps even years but what about anthem that other really grindy game if anthem doesn't succeed it won't be the end of bioware thanks x studio designer now this It's an interesting story because this has been all the talk over the course of the next few days. James Olin says, and I quote: "I know there's conspiracy theories that EA is the one behind it, but that's never been the case." Last month, Baldur's Gate lead designer James Olin left Bioware after 22 years of service. Prior to his departure, Olin worked on Anthem. He reckons the upcoming action RPG will do well at launch, but it won't mark the end of the studio should it flop. Speaking to Game Informer via GamesIndustry.biz, Olin says he thinks EA sees Bioware as a long-term part of the company. I think EA really respects what Bioware brings to it. Olin tells Game Informer, "Bioware is a lot." different than all the other aspects of its business, so even if Anthem doesn't do as well, and I think it's going to be great, but if it doesn't do gangbusters, I don't think that's the end of Bioware. I think it will simply be a chance for Bioware to learn some lessons and apply it to the next game that comes out. Olin describes Bioware's studio culture as one of humility and excellence, where its key figures, not least Casey Hudson and Mark Dara, have grown up and continued to keep that culture alive. Olin reckons one of the main reasons Bioware has excelled over the past two decades is its willingness to take risk and think outside the box. Quote, Anthem has been doing things differently than the traditional model, than anything you've seen from a Dragon Age or a Mass Effect, back to Baldur's Gate, part of being systems-based. Olin explains, Anthem's different from that. Then again, Neverwinter Nights was quite a bit different when it came out in 2002, and obviously Star Wars The Old Republic was quite a bit different when it came out in 2011. It was driven by Bioware itself, the team. I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories that EA is the one behind it, but that's never been the case. Bioware has always had a lot of control over the kind of games that it makes, and you can read Game Informer's full interview via a link that is in the article, which I have linked down below, but again, Anthem is coming out on February the 22nd on the uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC, there we go, had to think about it for a minute, for some reason my brain thought Switch, that's not happening, sorry guys, but This is a very interesting story because everybody's been saying this is the last chance for Bioware. This is, of course, the first game they're making after what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda, which was one of the biggest letdowns in modern gaming history, if I do say so myself. It just simply wasn't a good game. Now, I know that some people out there love the game. Good on you. But I thought it was trash. I played it for about maybe two hours, and I just, nope. This is not the game that I want to get into. Of course, I was never a big fan of Mass Effect to begin with, so that could be something that impacts my gameplay and my reception, but overall, it just wasn't a quality title. However, with Anthem, I think it could be a bit different. It takes that grind that you get in a game like Destiny 2, and it changes it up to where it's a little bit more accessible, if I do say so myself, and it incorporates third person into the mix, which I think is a fantastic way to do a shooter, if I do say so myself, and overall, I'm pretty excited to see what the game brings to the table, but I think that right now, this interview with Olin is very telling, because if he has faith that this is not going to be the end of Bioware, then I should have faith that this won't be the end of Bioware, but I still have this thing in the back of my mind where this is the last chance. And I think that what it would be is that in the gamers' eyes, this is the last chance. But in EA's eyes, this is not the last chance. So what I mean by this is that if you have somebody that has been given multiple times to make amends for what they've done, then you have to give them at least one more try. And that's what gamers are doing right now with BioWare. Because after what's happened with Mass Effect and after what's happened with a couple of past projects and things along those lines, it's just one of those things where it's not necessarily the end of the road, but people wouldn't be as backing of the company as they are now. But with EA... You know, there's always the chance that you could benefit something that you've got coming down the pipe. There's always the chance uh, that you could use Bioware in a different way than has traditionally been used, and so I think that's really where it comes into play. So we'll see what goes on with that. But as of right now, I'm still pretty excited about Anthem. It seems like Olin is confident that this will not be the end of Bioware should it flop. But again, he has confidence that the game is going to be great. But you know, that's probably just some marketing tactics where he's like, if I said this game was going to suck, well, wouldn't that be great on my resume, wouldn't it? So um, you know. Take what he says with a grain of salt. We'll see how it goes. However, very interested to see what it does end up bringing whenever it comes out on February the 22nd of next year. Again, on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, not the Nintendo Switch at least not at launch, but Dungeons & Dragons is having its best year ever, says the Hasbro CEO. It is a fantasy role-playing board game that is called Dungeons & Dragons and is seeing its best year ever. However, the uh, Hasbro chairman and CEO Brian Goldner, whose toy and game maker owns the brand, told CNBC on Monday that people are more into Dungeons & Dragons today than ever before, Goldner told Mad Money host Jim Cramer in an exclusive interview. People are re-engaged with that brand because it's a face-to-face game. It's immersive and it's a game that people really enjoy playing with one another. The double-digit new user growth could have in part been spurred by Netflix's nostalgic 1980s set hit drama Stranger Things in which the characters play Dungeons & Dragons, but the surge in popularity of both Dungeons & Dragons and fellow high-fantasy game Magic the Gathering seemed to be a part of broader, long-term trend of interest in immersive and online gaming. Quote, we just announced this afternoon that there'll be a crossover between Dungeons & Dragons and Magic the Gathering in the fall, and I think our fans and gamers are going to be very excited about what's coming, the CEO said. Goldner also announced that Hasbro, which reported second quarter earnings Monday, would create a suite of digital game around both games to satisfy the modern gamer. More than a million people signed up to test the beta version of the online spinoff Magic Titled Arena. The CEO said, Millions of users watch others play the two games live on streaming platforms like Twitch, he told Kramer in 2017. He added that Hasbro's goal over time will be to build fantasy games like these into esports properties. That's interesting, and he says quote, ripe for global esports competition as consumers interestingly choose digital gaming over standard board games hasbro's stock popped 12.89 percent on monday settling at a 106 dollars and four cents a share after the toy maker's profit and revenue results topped wall street estimates and that is where the story does end up now overall glad to hear that dungeons and dragons is doing well glad to hear that the magic the gathering community is doing very well that's all well and good I don't really care. I'm not into Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm not into Magic the Gathering. Now, I will say, I'll watch it occasionally. There's a couple of little Twitch streams that I like to watch here and there. But what's interesting is the idea of turning these into esports properties. Now, that is where things get a little bit interesting, in my personal opinion, because I feel like this is not something that can be an esport. You can't have Dungeons and Dragons as a competitive esport alongside the likes of Call of Duty, Battlefield, Fortnite, stuff like that. Battlefield... Not really a good option, but you know what I mean. You can't really make this into an esport. Of course, if you can, by all means, I would love to see what you come up with, but it seems like the kind of game that isn't necessarily going to be one that really caters to that kind of audience. So we'll see how it goes. But I think that this guy, the CEO, although he's connected and kind of intertwined within the industry and the way that things work, I still just don't know that he's not just talking out of his ass during these interviews because it's hard to really judge somebody if they are into Magic the Gathering or if they're into Dungeons and Dragons. Even if they are a big part of the company, I don't know if he's a player or if he's just a money man. You see what I mean? Uh, So he could see all the esports stuff that has been going on in the industry and think, I want to get in on that ASAP. He could be one of those guys, or he could say, I see the way this game could work in an esports setting, and then I'm going to make it that way based off of changes that I bring into the game. I don't know which way to go with it. So, again, we'll have to see what happens with this and keep an eye on it, but again, this is very cool to hear that there is a D&D and Magic the Gathering crossover coming this fall, uh, because I think that could do very, very well, and I would uh, assume that their stock is going to go straight through the roof, but again, whenever the next season of Stranger Things does launch, I would assume that you're probably going to be seeing more sales of D&D, uh, but of course, as the guy mentioned in the article, you're seeing more of these kinds of streams on Twitch, I know that Table Story, I believe, is one that does it, uh, there's a couple of other ones that do different stuff here and there, but um... A quick Google of Dungeons and Dragons Twitch will give you a giant list I am sure of people that do stream that game. I am not one of them because I just never have liked D&D or role playing that much, but people love that kind of stuff, man. People get invested in that. But let's say that you like something more streamlined. Let's say that you like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Well, congratulations, because the game has gone gold. Lara Croft's return is right around the bend, with our archaeologist and hardened survivor heading into the jungle on September the 14th. According to developer EDIUS Montreal, the game has gone gold, shorthand for when developer has determined its, hi- uh, its game is of a high enough quality to ship to stores. The announcement came via a tweet. Shadow of the Tomb Raider has gone gold, says the official Tomb Raider account. Lara's defining moment is out of EDIUS Montreal's hard-working hands and on its way to manufacturing shadow of the tomb raider will be available for the xbox one playstation 4 and windows pc slash steam on september the 14th and you can check out more info from game informer or many other websites uh, but it's good to see that the game has finally concluded and we are going to be checking that one out when it drops on september the 14th if you haven't played the reboot of Tomb Raider that came out in 2013, 2014, something around there, or Rise of the Tomb Raider, both are very good games. I would recommend checking them out. Uh, I played the first one on Xbox One. I played the second one Also on Xbox One, actually, come to think of it. And they're both very quality titles. So if you want to check it out, then by all means, I co-sign that. Uh, It is a fantastic quality experience. And it's good to see that Lara Croft is making a return and a resurgence with a full, strong force in modern gaming after being such an iconic uh, kind of 2002 uh, PSP, not PSP, but the PS1 era kind of idea in my mind. Uh, That's whenever I see a lot of Tomb Raider going on. But um, awesome to hear that it's gone gold, and I'm glad to see that. Uh, Also in the chat, I have Morning, sir. Care for some pancakes? I would love it if you would bring me a waffle, actually. I'm more of a waffle man myself. But, moving on to the next story of the day. Speaking of games coming out, Guacamele 2 is bringing mayhem to PS4 and PC on August the 21st. There are also chickens. Lots of chickens. You only have to wait a few more weeks to get another fix of me- uh, excuse me, Mexico-inspired Metroidvania action. Drinkbox has announced that Guacamele 2 will reach PS4 and Steam for Windows PCs on August the 21st for a reasonable 20 bucks. It's a refinement of the formula that made the original a cult favorite, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. This sequel brings slicker graphics, new moves, an upgrade system, and four-player co-op to the luchador Juan Aguacate? will nail that quest to protect his homeland and the entire universe and naturally chickens will also play an instrumental role there is no word yet on a switch or xbox one version of guacamelee 2 although that's not surprising drinkbox told us in march that it was focused on the ps4 version at the time and it's already available on pc at launch while we wouldn't put money down on support for other platforms it might just be a matter of time before you're wrestling supernatural baddies on your system of choice and of course there is a trailer right here but of course i would be shocked if this game didn't come to switch at some point it just lends itself so well to that kind of ecosystem it is your indie game that you expect it is a beautifully colorful game and that would look very good on the Switch's system uh, overall guacamelee is a beautiful beautiful game and i'm excited to hear what happens with the second one will i be playing this one on day one eh, you know i might wait for a steam sale like i did with the original guacamelee but overall if you're into platformers uh, this is a very good option for you and um again congratulations to the guys over at Drinkbox, who make very interesting games. Uh, if you haven't checked out their other work, uh, you might know them from Severed, which came out on the PlayStation Vita, and then I believe it came to the PS4 at some point. They had to change up the control scheme because it was very touch-based oriented, but I know it's on PC. I'm probably botching that terribly, but Severed is a fantastic game, and of course the original Guacamele is also a pretty big title as well. But again, if you want to jump in with Guacamelee 2, it's coming out on August the 21st, which is very, very exciting. And if you want to get back into the BRs, Realm Royale is also coming to the PS4 and the Xbox One with a closed beta beginning next week. If you've ever wondered what Fortnite would be like with a World of Warcraft twist, Realm Royale will have the answer for you when it lands on console. Of course, now it's available on PC. The high-res Battle Royale game has already been doing the business on PC, where almost 4 million people have played its early access incarnation on Steam. No doubt the free to play shooter will do numbers when it releases for ps4 and xbox one as well which is something that is happening soon so hooray realm royale's visual style is very similar to fortnite and it's still about 100 players diving into a huge map before fighting to be the last person alive but it's a fantasy themed you have a mount and you can secure a strong equipment by hammering away at forges if you want to sign up for the closed beta you can do it at realm royale.com quote since realm royale first released on pc the top three questions on social media have been console ps4 xbox Luigi board said roy newbro uh, executive producer of realm royale i'm not sure if any of those are actually questions they were more like demands but we understand our community wants realm royale on console and we're thrilled to announce console closed beta testing starts next week if you want to wrap your head around realm royale's classes abilities and tactics ahead of the beta they have an entire guide over at vg 247 but overall uh, the game is fine you know, it is what it is. It very much so is Fortnite with a bit of a twist. I like the class system. I think that the upgrade system also adds a bit more than Fortnite. So if you're looking for something that's a bit more complex, uh, but it still has that classic kind of Battle Royale feel, then by all means, I would jump in with Realm Royale. Of course, it is free. You can sign up for the closed beta right now on realmroyale.com, but I would assume that it won't be too long before it is out in early access on the PS4 and the Xbox One. The issue here is, will this one take the number two spot on the PS4 or the Xbox One? Of course, right now, you pretty much have Fortnite being number one on both consoles, but I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. There is always room for a number two, or even a number three, and this could be your number three, or it could knock out PUBG on the Xbox One, which is unlikely, but it could become your number two go-to battle royale game on the PlayStation 4, knocking H1Z1 out of that slot. That's kind of the way that I see this in my mind. That's where the significance does lie. So, it's exciting to see that it's coming out on console, of course, I played the game a good bit on PC, uh, it's pretty fun overall, I would give it a shot if I were you, and um, it's worth your time, and it's got a really, really cool art style, and a really nice fantasy kind of feel, it's a lot different than Fortnite, but it is comfortably similar, but let's say that you don't want Guacamelee 2, let's say that you don't want Realm Royale's closed test beta on PS4 and Xbox One, let's say that you want to go back to the Commodore 64. Well, boy, do I have the story for you. The bread bin returned, The Commodore 64 Mini is headed to the U.S. Go get your legal creatures to ROM ready now because that's poking fun at Nintendo. Oh boy, I love the gaming culture. I didn't have a Commodore 64 growing up. I had a ZX Spectrum Plus 2. One of my best pals did have the C64, though. So between us, we had the best of both worlds. He brought the classic 70s aesthetic and tiresome multi-loading. I brought the monochrome graphics and constant crashing. For those who want to take a trip back to the hey, how, how days? Um, that's above my pay grade of the C64, then this funky little device might be the ticket you need. The C64 Mini, stylized as the 64 Mini, uh, or excuse me, the 64, 60- C64 Mini, a lot of hisses in there, presents you with an officially licensed half size replica of the classic home computer, complete with a fully working version of C64 Basic and a USB joystick. The C64 Mini is preloaded with 64 classic titles, including California Games, Winter Games, Impossible Mission 2, Boulder Dash, Jumpman, Pit Stop 2, Speedball 2, Brutal Deluxe, Street Sports, Baseball, Summer Games 2, Temple of Trilogy, Trilogy, Iridium, Never heard of any of these, uh, but that's probably my fault. Just connect it to your TV via HDMI, and away you go. Just connect your Commodore TV60 thing. If you want to get in on Commodore, you know if you want this. Look me in the eye right now, or if you're listening on a podcast later, look me with your ears. Not lick, look. This is a Commodore 64 with 64 games built in. If you want it, you want it. If you don't, you don't. There's the NES Classic. There's the SNES Classic. Uh, you're getting the Atari VCS next year, which will probably be about 60 bucks two weeks after launch, anyways. So if you want to jump in on that, then by all means, it's coming out on October the 9th, uh, or at least that's when it's expected to launch. And the official website is up right now at thec64.com. If you want some more info on it, but again, there is what it looks like. It's the C64. It is what it is. It's got a joystick. Got a keyboard. Looks fun. Also, the hand model for this has fantastic nails. Oh my gosh, that looks great. Wow. Okay, look at that nail. Hold up. She's got a pedicure for that. Man, they've got some, this is C64 money over here. She's got enough money to go get a pedicure. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. You get it, girl. You get it. Uh, however, uh, in the chat, we have Alan saying, morning, Sammy. Rather get me an NES 64 with Metal Marines. There is no such thing as an NES 64, but you might be meaning the Nintendo 64. Close enough. However, Decky said that they take down the ROM sites for this, probably. The ROM sites are going downhill, which is a topic we talked about in a couple of episodes of to Go, or it could have even been yesterday. At this point in the summer, all the days blend together. However, that wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeine. If you did enjoy the show, then drop me a follow over on Twitter.com slash PrettyChillGuy. I would enjoy your presence in my feed. And, of course, you can check out all the other streams, which are going to be fewer and furf further between Uh, but there's always going to be a podcast coming up every weekday morning at 7 a.m eastern time except for next week where we're taking an entire week off for summer break because man am i overworked to some degree but on top of that there's always a new youtube video three days a week on monday wednesday and friday and if you want to follow along with all of that good stuff then by all means i would encourage you to do so but again welcome Uh, If you're going to bed, get some sleep. If you're waking up, have a good day. But I will talk to you tomorrow right here on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media at 7 a.m. Eastern Time to talk about the hottest gaming news that is happening right now as we speak, if you're watching live. It's literally rolling out right now because I literally go on Twitter right after this and I start favoriting stories for tomorrow. But I will talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the rest of your day and peace.